0: Hi, I'm Ryan Becker, and you're listening to the Rock Hill Seventh-day Adventist Church Official Sermon Archive. You can find more information about our church at www.rockhillsdachurch.org. We hope by listening to this message that you are encouraged and challenged in your walk with Christ. When I was a kid, I was about seven or eight years old, my brother, my older brother, who was three years older than me, got a skateboard it was one of those cheap ones from Sports Authority. It was not a high quality one at all. And my driveway was flat on the top and then a small hill, flat on the bottom, and then into my garage. And so, what I would do, being the jealous little brother, is every time my brother was away, I would take a skateboard outside and I would just ride it down the hill. Now, I didn't know how to ride a skateboard, and because this was a cheap skateboard, I also didn't exactly know how to ride it. So, I've, I've got two things against me and so what I would typically do is I would sit on it and then I would just roll down the hill. But this one day, I decided to be brave and I stood on it and, and, and cautiously pushed myself towards the little hill. It was, the hill is like ten feet long. It's not at all anything big. And I went down and I was super excited until I realized that I was heading straight for all of the garbage cans that we had set up outside of our garage. And I, could, I didn't know how to stop and I couldn't turn because the trucks were too tight and you couldn't lean either way to get it to turn. And so seven-year-old, eight-year-old Ryan goes straight into those garbage cans and falls and I get this huge scab on my right arm. Now, this is about dinner time. My grandma is inside, and, and I'm half Cuban. I wish I knew Spanish, but I don't. But I'm half Cuban. So my grandma, full Cuban, born in Cuba, raised in Cuba. She got out like two weeks before Castro took power in Cuba back in the late 50s. And so she's very resourceful. And when I go into the kitchen crying my eyes out at this giant scab and what's happened, this is what she does. And, and she, does, she doesn't remember this at all and there's no way I could forget it. She crushes some garlic, puts some garlic on my wound, and then takes one of those big bandages that you, like those big like rectangular bandages that you can get and she just puts it all over it, like straight on top of it and then says go take a bath. And so that is how I handled with triage. I have no idea what the health benefits of garlic on a wound are. To this day I don't know. The only thing I know is I have a very like obvious scar on my arm. It's actually over the years, it's been like 15 years, it's faded a bit, but for a while like it was super obvious. And if you look just two inches down on my arm, you'll notice there's a small little indent because on a 4th of July, my sister's boyfriend shot fireworks into a lake and one of the sparks flew back out and landed on my arm uh, just a couple years later and left an imprint. But if you look at my left arm, it's pretty normal. It's pretty standard. There's nothing wrong with it. There's no scars there. There's nothing. And so my right arm looks differently than my left arm. In addition to that, a few years ago, I was dating a, a girl in, at the end of high school. And in high school, you tend to have a lot more insecurities and frustrations than you want to admit. And this relationship wasn't exactly the healthiest, and, and I remember... Constantly we would be in arguments over pointless things. And every Friday night it would be like clockwork because that Friday night comes, you de-stress from the week and you unload all of those frustrations and things that you've gathered up and we would end up arguing with each other all the time. In my senior year I had a Windows cell phone, a Windows phone. It had just come out and, and we would always argue through text. It would almost never be through phone. And whatever, what ended up happening was after a few months of this, I became unable to separate the ringtone that I used for my text messages from the arguments with her. And so every single time that I would get a text, every single time my phone would ring, I would have this little panic go off in my mind and think, what did I do wrong? Or think, oh no, here we go again. And it caused this anxiety, this feeling I would lose my appetite, I wouldn't be able to eat if we were near dinner, and I just got a text from a random friend because that ringtone was set. And to this day, I cannot be near a Windows phone that goes off without hearing that, and hears that ringtone, and I don't associate it with that time. It's just that mental scar that I have. There's nothing wrong with a Windows ringtone, there's nothing wrong with, with a Windows phone, but it's just an association that I have. Likewise, several of us, each one of us has different experiences, different scars that tell different stories. And those stories, those experiences are responsible for how you and me, how we view the world. And what I don't want us to do moving forward is to look at our own experiences and project them on to someone else. What I don't want to happen and what cannot happen is as we move forward, I say to you, well, a Windows phone causes me anxiety, so we can't have it in the church. Do, do, you, see, do you see what I'm getting at with that? Now, I'm not, saying don't, I'm not saying be a stumbling block intentionally. When we know and we can be sensitive, we should be. But overall, for me to assume that what is wrong for me or what might be hurtful to me is guaranteed to be hurtful for you is to project my own experiences onto your life. And that is to disrespect your experiences. That is to disrespect your life. And so I want us to remember these three words moving forward. Unity over uniformity. We can be united but we do not have to be uniform. We don't have to look exactly the same. Not everything we do has to be exactly one way. And I want to unpack those three words a bit today, and I want to look at, we're going to look at a text in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4. And so you are welcome to turn there. Ephesians chapter 4. Now, in Ephesians, Paul is writing from prison, as he usually does. And he is writing to the Ephesians, praying for strength for them, praying for unity for them, and encouraging them to live as one and to be strong in their faith. And so just after he finishes telling them to be strong in in faith, he begins in verse 1 of chapter 4. I want to make that real for this church. I want to make that relevant for this church because I believe it is. The calling to which you have been called for us is that faith in Jesus Christ. And our mission statement, whatever gets voted on today is grounded in that faith. And we've been moving forward prayerfully that whatever is voted on today is the direction that we will move in. But I want to say this. If you suggested a mission statement or if you look at the ones that are currently on the ballot and you think, you know, I don't really like that or I wish mine had gotten through, I haven't been able to say this yet and so I want to be able to say it today. Just because a certain mission statement didn't get through does not mean it is invalid or untrue. At the end of the day, a mission statement is words. And every single mission statement, and I checked them all, every single mission statement had one thing in common. And actually, it's in the next few verses, and so we're going to continue reading. In verse 4, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all the one thing that all of those mission statements have in common is they are grounded in that faith in Jesus Christ. They are born out of the desire to see people restored in Christ. All of them have that in common. All we are saying is this is the wording that we're going to unite ourselves around. But it doesn't mean that because we do things with one mission statement, we're not accomplishing the one that you have set forth inadvertently we're accomplishing them all by accomplishing one so please understand that the mission statements that have been voted out does not mean they are invalid we will be accomplishing all of them one way or the other because we are all united in this one faith in this one God and that is the foundation that we have moving forward Now in Ephesians four one through three, Paul is urging the church to walk in unity, and he gives them suggestions for how to do this. And I want to be really clear about what I mean by unity over uniformity, and, and what that looks like. If you if you were to go to Africa, you were gonna, you were to go in the middle of the middle of wildlife, in the middle of of, of, a, of a huge nature reserve and you were to go to church, chances are, and this is not across the board, chances are if you go and it's 104, 105 degrees outside and you go, you will see people dressed to the nines in suits and you will see women in ankle length dresses that are super thick in 104 degree weather in Africa, in a tent with no air conditioning, Here's why that's the case. This is one of the reasons of several. Decades ago, when missionaries went from Western society into Africa, especially with growing Adventism, and we wanted to introduce church, we wanted to introduce some of these people to Christ, we came from a culture where air conditioning is normal. We came from a culture where we are meeting inside of a closed building, and we came from a culture where dressing up in a suit and a, and a nice dress is what you do. And so when we went to Africa, we said, hey, this is how you should do this. And we taught them a specific way to do church, forgetting to be sensitive to their culture and to their climate. I'm not saying that wearing a suit and wearing a dress is wrong. Don't, don't misunderstand that. What I'm saying is maybe that's not the best way for them to do church. And this is present in several other countries. It is not just Africa. And you get rooted in this one idea of how you're supposed to do church when in reality the way that we do church has evolved over thousands of years. But you've got people who now believe that this is the only way that they can do church because of what they were taught. This is, this is the idea of uniformity, that we would all do things the exact same way. And it is insensitive to someone's experience, it is insensitive to someone's context, and to someone's life when we do that. We turn a matter of dress, which is a matter of preference, into a matter of salvation and proper church. That cannot happen here. We cannot turn preference into salvation issues. I love the example from Sabbath school where where we talked about uh, how a former pastor had said that the issue of tile or carpet in the fellowship hall literally split the church. That's a matter of preference. That is not a matter of salvation. If we are going to split over anything, Let it be only for two reasons. A, because we're planting a new church and we literally have to split. Or B, because there are people that are actually doing what is biblically defined as sin. And we have to split. Let those be the only two reasons that we split. Not over matters of preference. Let us be united in accomplishing the mission But that doesn't mean that we will be uniform. That doesn't mean that we will all look the same. Nowhere in Scripture are we called to be uniform, but everywhere in Scripture we are called to be united. A couple years ago at Southern, there was a student association welcome back party at the beginning of the year. And when you're the student association at Southern and you've got 3,000 kids from all over the world going to college together, you have no idea as the group of 10 of you what everyone is going to like and what everyone isn't going to like. And so at this welcome back party in the gym, uh, the, the, the church group Hillsong, if you know them from based out of Australia, they released an album called The White Album, and it is a more... Um, ambient and, and atmospheric sound to some of their more traditional praise songs. So it's a little bit more techno-ish, and it, it brings into, it's more current to what people are generally listening to now. It's the same song as they've done, it just sounds a little bit different. And what SA decided to do, what Student Association decided to do, was to play this through the speakers at the gym. And one student was there, and this student had recently been a student missionary, and, and had recently kind of just changed his entire life around. And he got rid of listening to the music that he used to, that was secular, that was different, uh, and he only set his mind on Christian music. He attended this essay event and heard the music going on, and he said, this reminds me of what I listened to before. This is wrong. And he left. And then he went on Facebook and posted a super long status about how we shouldn't be listening to that worldly music, even though it was music about Jesus Christ and him saving us and and us following him. And he said, you know, I left all this behind, and now here I have Essay trying to bring me back into it. And what, what I realized was, in this moment, this student who I have a ton of respect for, has changed his life around significantly for what he has felt convicted and called to do. But he turned what was a matter of sin for him into a matter of sin for everyone. Because that night at the SA Welcome Back party, several students were actually exposed to relevant worship music that they had never heard. And they said, wow, I can listen to this. And And I can can feel joy listening to this. I don't feel like I'm forcing myself to listen to worship music. And there were several students who were exposed to this brand new way of worship that was still biblical. But he said, no, because it caused me to remember my sin, it is not okay for anyone. That is calling for uniformity and not unity. And it's okay to say, hey, this is sin for me and I need to back out. And it's okay to ask and say, hey, can we, can we avoid doing this or can you give me a warning when we're going to be near something that might cause me to stumble? I'm not saying let's intentionally be a stumbling block. We should be sensitive where we can be sensitive. But we should be opening, open to listening and open to new things I hear a lot of churches say, and I've been traveling a lot, so I've heard a lot of churches say, no percussion and no drums in the church, right? But then they listen to a piano the entire worship service. What makes the, se- what makes the note for a piano is not the keys that you play. It is a hammer hitting a wire in the back of the piano. In other words... The piano is a percussion instrument and I I several of you know that but it's so interesting to me and ironic to me when I walk into a church and they say no percussion in the church and then they have a piano playing the entire service. But they want everything to be uniform and they're failing in even that. Because of information that they don't know and when told that most people go well psh, the piano's different. That's that's what you get because people get married to their preference. Allow me to say it this way. The mission is concrete. The method is fluid. The mission is concrete and the method is fluid. So as we move forward, some might want to do a bowling night. Others might want to do small groups. I know I'll be starting one as soon as I get settled into my apartment. Others may want to do more Sabbath school classes. Others may want to do something on Daniel and Revelation. Others might want to do a music class. Others might want to do a CPR class. Others might want to learn about different things and and do a financial seminar. Whatever that looks like, the methods are different. but the mission stays the same. And as long as whatever we do is grounded in that mission and grounded in that faith and is not, you know, and is short of sin, we're fine. We're okay. And I know to several of you, you're like, yeah, I get it, I know. But when the rubber meets the road and we start doing things, and, and we get a little bit uncomfortable, that's when this is going to have to come back to you. And that's when it's gonna have to come back to me because I'm just as liable to fall to this as anyone else is when we make a matter of preference what is concrete. The method is fluid. And I'm so grateful and so excited that all of you have been so open to everything that we've been suggesting. This, this has been the easiest mission statement voting I've ever done and like I've ever seen done. Most churches will argue for like a year over this and we've been able to just simply go through the process and I'm grateful for that and I hope that ease of, of, of working together continues but I know we'll come to the point where we disagree because we're a family and families disagree and families have conflicts and so we'll work through them. So as we walk in this unity, I want to talk about how. And I think that answer is in verse 2. It says, With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, in verse 3, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit, in the bond of peace. So the first thing that we will do is we will walk in humility and gentleness. Humility to say, I could be wrong here and I want to listen. Gentleness to say, if you're wrong, I'm not going to put you down for the sake of putting you down, but I'm going to seek to build us both up. Two, we will walk in patience and that means, well, let me put it this way. If I would not be here today, I would not be speaking to you today and I would not be able to speak with any sort of confidence if it wasn't for years and years people letting me do cringeworthy sermons on stage, if it wasn't for leaders before allowing me to fail, to embarrass myself and to do things a little bit wrong, I would not have learned and I would not have grown and I would not be here today. We must be patient with each other. allowing each to grow as his experiences or her experiences call them to. And third, we must bear with one another in love. At any point, if we disagree on what's happening, remember that we are on the same team. We're all trying to get that mission accomplished, and so maybe I have a different view of how that is accomplished. That's okay, but if we disagree, let us start from the place that says we're going after the same thing. How can we work together? Let us bear with one another in love. I'm right handed. So when I play baseball, with my right hand, I throw. With my left hand, I have it in a mitt and I catch. If I try to throw with my left hand, it's going to go very, very badly. But when I'm playing baseball and I'm in that outfield, I have one mission. Get that ball where it needs to be. And if I for one second think that both of my arms have to do the throwing or both of my arms have to do the catching and that's it, that ball's not going to get anywhere. Because if both of my arms are only doing the throwing, I'm not going to catch the ball. And if both of my arms are doing the catching, then I'm not going to be able to throw the ball. So let those who are called to throw be the throwers, and let those who are called to catch be the catchers. Allow me to put it this way in in verse 11. And he gave the apostles, he being Jesus, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ. Whatever role that you are called to play, play it. Live it and do it. But let us remember that we are on the same team and we are tied by our mission, which is grounded in our faith in Jesus Christ. Because without him and without that faith, everything we do is meaningless. There's no point to it, and we may as well just shut the doors and be done. So let us walk forward in unity, not expecting that the way I might do something is the way that you might. Let us be patient. Let us be humble and gentle. and let us bear with one another in love. So let's dream united. Let's fail united. Let's learn from those failures united. Let's love united. And let's celebrate united. Remembering always that the mission is what is concrete and the method is what is fluid.